Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, Simon. Ah, gentlemen. Today, we made it. Season 10, episode 1 and 2. That's showbiz. It's the 219th and 220th episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by David Pollock and Elias Davis, originally aired on October 26, 1981, and the production code is Z419 and Z420, which is interesting because that's the numbers from last season. Oh, right. Okay. So it makes me wonder if this was shot previously, and, and then because there's only 20 episodes in the previous season. Oh, instead of 22. Yeah, normally there's a few extras, oh, so... Okay, it's, could be that. I couldn't find any information on it, so if anyone knows out there, let me know. I know at this point, I think Alder was keen to have finished roundabout season nine. Mm. Um, so it could have been a way of just bringing it over to persuade him to do season 10 and then they had the same thing of season 10 wanting to end maybe so I think that they are at the point now of you know trying to wrap it all up I think yeah 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 okay soldier Captain Pierce over here well, well, since when did they put a stewardess on this run? <laughs> She's with the USO. Medics thinks it's her appendix. Right down my alley. I wrote the book on the appendix. I even wrote the appendix, but they took that out. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> you show biz, folks. Always with the funny walks. Direct me to the nearest threshold. <sighs> How long have you had these pains? Oh, just for a few days. It wasn't too bad at first, but now it hurts like heck. You can say hell here. This is Korea. If you can't say hell in hell, where in hell can you say it? Now, before I take out your appendix, there's one question I always like to ask. Have you had your appendix out before? Uh-uh. Would there be a bad scar? Are you kidding? You're talking to Al Capone's personal plastic surgeon. All right, well, I have the plot summary as well. A touring USO show brings an unexpected touch of vaudeville to the 4077th when the star showgirl requires an emergency operation. What's all the laughing? Oh, Doc, these are my USO friends. Eleanor and Brandy. Hi, Eleanor. This is the wonderful man who saved my life. Oh, I just cut along the dotted line. Fast Freddy, meet Captain Pierce. Captain Pierce? Hawkeye. Suit yourself, Doc. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't believe we've met. Uh, Major Charles Winchester, how are you? Winchester, yeah. huh? You must be the big gun around here. <laughs> I rarely get to meet a man of your caliber. <laughs> Marina? Sarah! Hi. I want you to meet Dr. Pierce. This is Sarah Miller. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Thanks for taking such good care of Marina. Well, I'll tell you how you can pay me back. We can turn post-op into a barn so you can turn it into a theater and put on a show for us. You can stay with us for the night and leave in the morning. No, they can't. Why? We've got to be on the road to the 121st EVAC hospital. Well, it's not that far, and the roads are good. They haven't gotten around to potholing them yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> we just have time to grab a bite and move on. I'll have the mess temp prepare some food for you. Thanks. Just make sure it's not chicken. You know how the last base killed their chickens? They fed them the French toast. <laughs> hey, these guys know comedy. <laughs> Freddie, they love you. Why don't we stay and do the show? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Uh, you want to talk about army food? Those chickens were classified 4F. Foul, 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 foul. <laughs> oh, we'll do a show. 
And guest stars in this episode, well, Gwen Verdon plays Brandy Doyle. Gwen worked on such notable Broadway stage and screen work, quickly following with highlights in New Girl in Town, Redhead, Sweet Charity and Chicago. She and her daughter, Nicole Fosey, created the current stage musical Fosey. Upon her death, Broadway dimmed all of its marquee lights in tribute. Hmm. Rather, rather sweet, isn't it? Yeah. And then we have Danny Dayton, who played Fast Freddie Nichols. Danny is perhaps best known to TV viewers for his role as Hank Pivnik, a friend of Archie's who worked with him at Pendergast Tool and Die, and fellow Lodge member who also frequented Kelsey's Bar and later Archie's Place on All in the Family and the spin-off series Archie Bunker's Place. And uh, Gail Edwards plays Marina Ryan. Gail was a regular on the TV series Blossom. Oh, I love Blossom. Uh, and uh, since returned from acting, I should point out the reason why I liked Blossom is for obvious reasons. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot she was the girlfriend in Blossom. Of the dad. Yeah. I, to be fair, I, there's only one reason why I know I like Blossom, and I'm not saying that <laughs> uh, Then we have Karen Landry, uh, who played Sarah Miller. She was born on December 4th, 1950, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as Karen Elizabeth Nineber. She was an actress and writer known for Peaceful Warrior, Jag, and Patty Rocks. She was also married to Chris Mulkey. She died December 31st. 2015 in Venice Beach, California. And Amanda McBloom plays Ellie Carlisle. Uh, an actress, McBloom, had uh, guest starred on regular roles on such television series as Starsky and Hutch, uh, Star Trek Next Generation in The Measure of a Man, Heart to Heart, Taxi, Charlie's Angels, Remington Steel, God blimey, Hawaii <laughs> Five O, Magnum PI, Lou Grant, Love, American Style, and Gunsmoke. To her credits, that's impressive. Uh, she has also worked as a voice actress for children's cartoon shows, including Wildfire, The Funs, and The Happy Days Gang. Never heard of that. Uh, Challenge of the GoBots, The Smurfs, Super Friends, and the Richie Rich Scooby Doo Show. Oh, and Scrappy Doo. Everyone hated Scrappy Doo, <laughs> didn't they? No, who likes Scrappy Doo? Oh, Gee, oh, Scrappy alone. Oh, he was a little <laughs> bad. Come on. <laughs> I knew she looked familiar. Uh, I remember her from Star Trek because she was the judge. Uh, Picard's. Yeah. Yeah, the judge who. Well, yeah. You, see, I, I watched all these like about a week and a half ago, and I can't remember anything of what people look like. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Measure of a Man, and there's only so many characters in there. And I'm yeah, pretty, true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was her. All right, we also have Richard Molner, who played Michael Nowicki. Richard was born August 14th, 1946. He is an actor known for Hunter, Blue Thunder, and Simon and Simon. Now, that is, they are classic TV series. Yes, they are. They, they are. Really are. Oh, Simon and Simon. Really see, I'm a Hunter. I'm a huge Simon. Hunter fan. So I'm a huge Hunter fan, yeah. yeah. Was that Fred Dreyer? No, it was, yep. was it. Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Fred Dreyer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I now have the same hair as him as I'm getting off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the wonderful Kelly Nakahara, of course, returns as Kelly Yamoto. We also have Freddie Dawson, who played a patient, an actor and production manager known for Risky Business, Moonlighting, and Matlock. And Brian Byers plays a patient. Now, he has 23 credits uh, for Brian. His most recent work was in Mindhunter. Hmm. And rounding out our cast, we have Martin Ferrero, who played Wounded Man in Jeep. Ferrero was born September 29th in 47 in New York. 
He's an actor known for Jurassic Park, Heat, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He also appeared in Aftermash. Hmm. Hey, what do two drunks do when they meet? They shake! <laughs> it is you, Fast Freddy Nichols, the funniest man ever to set foot in his ankles. <laughs> oh, he also does cerebral humor. No, but cerebral humor, he walks on his head. I'm Corporal Max Klinger. You won't believe this. But once I drove six hours to catch your act. And your nose made it in five. <laughs> nose made it in five. Is the man a genius? He finds one insignificant little trait and instantly turns it into comedy. Yes, ma'am. I'm prouder than a peacock to have a star of your magnitude right here in our midst. Well, aren't you the little charmer? <laughs> Many's the time you beguiled this wide-eyed young doughboy back in KC in the old Gaiety Theater. You caught my act. Heck, one time I caught your garter. <laughs> to this day, every time I watch a C-42 revving up, I think about how you used to spin those tassels. Well, there's more than one way to use a runway, Colonel. Uh, <laughs> oh, call me Sherm. I figure I've known you about as well as a fella can without being introduced. Well, it's a real pleasure to have my reputation precede me for a change. Nowadays, these kid soldiers hardly know who I am. Being famous isn't nearly as much fun when nobody knows it. <laughs> Hello, sugar! <laughs> I have to make up for the show. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Okay, yeah. Um, not 100% sure why this is a two-parter, if I'm honest with you. Um, could easily be could easily be put into as a, a single episode. Uh, but there has some nice puts in it. I know it's that Hawkeye really struggles to carry the patient uh, at the start of this episode. Alan Alden must have been in a bit of a weak mode. That oh, day, yeah. He, he, he really is girl. all over the... Yeah. yeah, he's really all over the place. Um, I love the fact that Father Mulcahy recognises Brandy Doyle as a stripper. There's more. I want to know more about that. <laughs> I want to know more. I really do. I can't stand that comedian. Uh, oh, my God. That's Freddy, but, yes. Yeah, but, you know, that's the kind of comedian that was going on there. But he does, probably, probably the reason why I hate it is the fact that he does come out with some guns. Like, he says to Winchester, oh, you're Winchester. You must be the big guns. Uh, nice little like, tag with the guns there. The whole relationship thing between Margaret and Brandy was really interesting. Yes. I really liked that. The fact that Margaret's kind of... You don't know whether she's looking down on her to start off with, but then there's that thing of her being a strong woman who's doing her job she likes. Yeah. And then, of course, it reverses, where the, you know Brandy turns around and says how much that sometimes she doesn't like doing the job because she feels lonely. Yeah. You know, um, that that was really interesting. Uh, the nice little uh, line where it says, Keith, come on, it's just a handshake with lips. I, uh, yeah, I wrote that down too, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember that yes, <laughs> if I ever get into I trouble for anything. I said the same thing, yep. <laughs> BJ's patient, not speaking. You know, we've had that before, but I do like the fact that it goes over to the, the you know, Hawkeye's patient. And I do quite like this little relationship going on where Hawkeye, you know, he's actually being really professional here, but yep. not getting into a relationship with one of his patients. Um, I have the I same like note. That. Yes. But I also think there's a, there's a thing there as well where he... Clearly, Hawkeye does like the chase. You know, yeah, he likes the chase, and he doesn't have to chase here. She's literally throwing herself at him, but in a nice way, not in a kind of seedy kind of like, yeah, you know, I just want to jump you. It's, it's a, a sweet. nice kind of way, sweet yeah. kind of way, or, and that's probably also the thing that maybe that's her her youth kind of thing. And the fact he says, "I can't take advantage of you," you know, I, I yeah. do, I do really like that, and that that stands out for me as the main thing about that that episode. Um, you know, 
there's one other thing that shines in this episode, and and I'll end it on that. Is Kelly and Charles dancing? Ah, I got it. that down too. I wrote that as well. <laughs> I yep. love it. I, I absolutely. I love anything where Kelly gets a bit of shine. Yeah, I really do. And yeah, it's of funny because it always right. seems to be with Charles. And it always. Did you Charles. remember when she took he took her to the restaurant when the mess tent was a restaurant? Yeah, and yeah. she was his date, and I thought that was amazing. That was, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that they team those two up. And we've, we've had the thing as well where Charles being a bit of an ass, you know, to the woman who's playing the accordion and then she turns around and, you know, shows yeah. that she could play. And what I do like about that as well is that actually that never really sorts itself out. Um, she still looks, you know, Charles apologises, but she just, she still kind of thinks he's an ass, regardless of oh, how much she still, apologises. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? I like that as well. I, I, sometimes I don't like the whole kind of happy ending kind of thing. I like the fact she goes, well, you've learned a lesson here. I'm off. See you later. You know, I, like that. <laughs> I, I, I gave this an eight out of ten, actually. Um, nice. For, for, for both episodes. I mean, I watched it all in one. We watched yes, it on the DVD. It's, it's all in one. one on the DVD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I gave it eight out of ten. It was a, it was a, a nice episode. Again, though, I will stay... I don't think it should have been a two-part. I think we could have done it easily in one episode. Hmm. See, I gave it an eight and a half. Oh, okay. So I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was just fun. Uh, I wrote down mm. the same thing. Fast Freddy is way too much. <laughs> but again, like you said, that's the way those vaudeville, you know, comedians are. Yeah. Too much for me. And I love the fact that Klinger kind of buddied up with them. Uh, knew oh, who he that was, was annoying. Of course, of course <laughs> Yes. But that's Klinger. Of course he's going to know who yeah. this guy is. I I love Charles getting a kick out of Fast Freddy. Every time he said something, he'd laugh. And people are <laughs> yes. like, why are you laughing? He's not. And Charles yeah. just loved it. Loved that type of humor. Don't tell me you think that guy is funny. <laughs> he's the worst comedian I've ever heard in my life. Then why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> that's very telling about Charles, and that's what I liked. It's just another little aspect of that character that we don't get to see yeah. a lot. I love the Molly Malone song. Oh, see, I didn't you know. like that. Really? <laughs> it's called Sweet Molly Malone. In Dublin's fair city Where the girls are so pretty I first set my eyes on Sweet Molly Malone She wheeled a wheel through streets broad and narrow Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh Everybody knows this song, why don't you join in with me? Alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh Crying cockles and mussels Alive, singing partner is not able to be on stage with me tonight but she is however in the audience and maybe we could all persuade her to join me (laughs) she was a fishmonger and that was no wonder for so were her father and mother before Anybody else know this song? I do. Hey! Mona! So 
I don't know the I song. I can't stand that song. So no, I hate it. <laughs> see, I don't know the song because you know when they're like everyone knows it, sing along. I'm like I don't know this song. So I mean, I'm yeah. assuming in the fifties, this was a big song. But I like that Margaret joined because you know Loretta Swift can sing, so that was nice that they allowed her to to show show those chops. I tell you the reason. I tell you the reason why I don't like Molly Malone. Okay, is because what a part of the line in that is uh, singing cockles and mussels or hardy idea. In England, in Great Britain, I should point out, and Ireland and stuff, whenever you go to a seaside, there's always somebody singing that damn song <laughs> when they're selling their cockles and their mussels. So it's kind of like one of the things where you're there going, ah, oh, jeez. And there's nothing more. It's not like in America where you go to your seaside and you're going to get fabulous weather. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get snow. And people wear suits on the beach. And people singing. I say no more. Molly Malone. <laughs> yeah, people singing Molly Malone. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. I <laughs> I did write down Potter's line, a kiss is just a handshake. I love that, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah. I really liked Potter and Brandy, their interaction. Yeah. You know, he was enamored with her because he obviously he knew her when he was younger or he saw her when he was younger. Yeah. So he's seen her, bur- her burlesque show. We've had that before, though, haven't we, slightly? With that other elder lady, was it the head, uh, head, nurse. The head nurse? Yes. Head nurse? Yep. Very similar. Yes, very similar. But I like that because you very rarely do they get older people at the camp. So when they can, yeah. someone of their age. And, you know, but he knew who she was. And there was just this very sweet admiration. And, you know, and she actually, you know, made a comment about how amazing he was or how sexy he was and margaret's like no no no, he's married you know hands off type of thing yeah. and what's great is she respected it you know she went and drank with them he passed out she gave him a little sweet kiss and put a blanket on them and you know it was just such a sweet little relationship i, I loved their interaction i liked the interaction between winchester and the music musical girl uh, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, I love them bunny heads and she was not going to back down. And I think he liked that about her, that there were, you know, I mean, he did look down upon her until she played. But that's him. He's just he's pompous. So when she played the beautiful piano, he, he took notice. Uh, but, but as you yeah. said, there is she still thinks he's he, he you know, he's he's uh, pompous and arrogant and which he is. He's not going to change his spots. That's who Charles is. But. He did learn to appreciate don't judge a book by the cover, which I don't think he'll remember, but, you know, at that moment, he'll remember it. I wrote down Kelly, Dancing with Winchester, made me smile. That was great. Uh, And then also, the same as you, when uh, I wrote down that Hawkeye wasn't interested in Myrna, Mm. which was, it was, I don't, I was trying to debate, was this out of character for Hawkeye, since he's such a woman chaser and a womanizer? But then again, I think you brought some good points that this wasn't a chase. She was just no there. You know, she yeah. fell in love with her doctor. And also, if if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we, we've kind of seen a different Hawkeye really from season seven onwards mm-hmm. because uh, Alan Alder was taking over more the writing yeah. and, and, and the character development. But then we had the episode which was just, you know, almost like Hawkeye from, Hawkeye from series, season one. Yes. But, and it really yeah. flew us. It was like, what? This, this yeah. is like not what we're expecting, you know? You're right. It's like almost having... So I think, I think, it, I think it is in... You know the more modern version of, yeah. of Hawkeye. Yeah. I mean, I, I love both versions. I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it just adds a bit more, you know, credit to him. Yes. Yeah. Cool. My ex-husband gave me that for our third anniversary. Right after that, we split up. Oh, but those were three beautiful months. I learned to get the anniversaries in as fast as I could. That's just about as long as I was married. I see I'm not the only one in this tent who knows what it's like to be lonely. 
You? Lonely? A big star like you? Don't believe the fan magazines. I wish I had one-tenth the fun that they say I do. You know, when you spend all your time on the road, the only men in your life are bellhops and cab drivers. The nights can get sort of empty when all you've got to curl up with is a pillow. Oh, come on, honey. It's not as bad as that. <sighs> At least with the people here, they're like your family. But they're mostly just kids. Oh, not that Colonel Potter. <laughs> oh, he's a real doll. I got a good mind to sashay right over to his tent and make his experience at the Gaiety Theater seem like a church social. Colonel Potter is a very happily married man. So were my five husbands, till they met me. Oh, don't worry. I'm leaving first thing in the morning. So tonight, it's just you and me, kid. And the old pillow. Well, what did IMDb give it? Okay, IMDb gave it a 7.1. That is so disappointing. Yeah, it really is. I don't understand why. Probably because it's a two-parter, maybe, and it's like, you know... It's, maybe. It's, it's, it's sometimes fine two minutes. But, yeah, I suppose. You know? Two-parters do tend to get lower scores sometimes, don't they? Apart from the yeah. very final. Yeah, thing. but I, 7.1 I thought was just way too low. I was yeah. thinking maybe 7.5, but anyway, hey. that's one of the lowest episodes. How do they get a Would point you... one? <laughs> Who does I that? Don't, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> not much fun being stuck in the middle of nowhere, is it? Oh, it's not that. Now it looks like I may never get to the 121st Evac Hospital. Why is that so important? Her brother was killed in combat near here. He died at the 121st. I'm sorry. I think I've come all this way to go home empty-handed. What do you mean? I don't understand. What are you looking for? Maybe we can help. Well, most importantly, a pair of ballet shoes. My brother was in love with a ballerina, and they'd planned to get married. And the night before he shipped out, she gave him a pair of her toe shoes, and he treasured them as his only link to her. When his effects were returned, the shoes weren't among them, I thought if I could find them, his fiance and I would have a memory of him we could share. You know, Sarah, if you never received the shoes, chances are they were either lost or stolen before they ever reached the 121st. Well, why would anyone want to steal a pair of ballet shoes? Well, they wouldn't have been after the shoes. They would have been looking for money. The local people are very poor. Sometimes they steal a soldier's ditty bag, take the cash, and discard the rest. If the army does have those ballet shoes, of course, they wouldn't know whom they belong to. They'd probably be in a lost and found somewhere. What kind of an injury did your brother have, Sarah? A head wound. They usually send the neurosurgical cases to the 8063rd. I know the chaplain there. I could call him and ask him about the shoes. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. Uh, there's a picture of Colonel Henry Blake hanging in Hot Lips' tent when she's talking to Brandy. It's behind Brandy's left shoulder. Oh, right, okay. Oh, I have to go look sweet. at that. Yeah. yeah. The fast classical piece that Eleanor plays to prove to Charles that she's an excellent pianist is Ludwig van Beethoven's Sonata No. 8, Pathetique. 
Nice. This is the second appearance of Danny Dayton as Fast Freddy Nichols. He first appeared in season one, episode 24, and this was also a USO episode. So. Ah, well, he was uncredited in that, though, I think. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, after the Vaudeville show, when Brandy and Margaret are talking, a boom mic shadow can be seen next to Brandy's head. Damn that boom. <laughs> Uh, when introducing himself to Brandy, Colonel Potter says, whenever I hear a C-42 rev up, dot, 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 because it continues, uh, mm. the, but there was no C-42 aircraft in general use for American forces at any time. Most likely he was meant to say a C-47, the ambiguous cargo aircraft for U.S. armed forces in the Second World War. Mm. Hawkeye tells Klinger, shuffle off Buffalo, uh, which is a quote from 42nd Street, 1933. Uh, Margaret mentions that her marriage to Donald Penobscot lasted around three months. Yeah. It was interesting. I, th- I thought you cared for me. I do. Of course I care. So does everybody here. I mean, you, you've worked miracles here that we get a standing ovation at Lourdes. That's not what I'm talking about. You mean a great deal to me. You don't even know me. I know enough. Marina, when you came here, you were sick. I, I, I literally swept you off your feet. All you see is a miracle man in a white suit. Oh, come on, Hawkeye. I'm not a kid. I see who you really are. All you've seen is the bedside of my manner. You haven't seen the bad side. The real Hawkeye Pierce is an egotistical, irresponsible martini guzzler. Now who's the song and dance man? Look, I can show you a room full of women as lack of character witnesses. I can't... I can't take advantage of your feelings for me. Believe me, the thought has crossed my mind. I'm sorry, I'm not convinced. Hawkeye. Marina, you ought to be back home auditioning for musicals and and dating starving young actors, eating those delicious apples. I've seen too much ever to be wide-eyed again. We're the wrong blood type. We don't match. Innocence positive and lechery negative. Let me stay. Prove you're wrong. No, no, it's not worth the risk. Remember, you did ask me not to leave a scar. And he's trivia time. Uh, the last episode's question in this episode, titled Dreams, each character had rather bizarre dreams. In Margaret's dream, what was she wearing? And everybody should have got that. It was, of course, <laughs> a white wedding dress, which soon turned red. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, this episode's trivia question is this. In Season 7, Episode 23, titled A Night at Roses, the gang decide to stay at Roses and turn it into their own sovereign nation. What name did they choose for their country? Go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. Well, it's almost time to say goodbye, Sarah. I guess so, Father. Thank you both. You've given me some wonderful memories. It'll be a while before we forget you, too. <laughs> well, Ellie, I guess the time has come to play out the coda to this little etude. And I suppose we could say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I do look forward to one day seeing you in Boston as uh, guest soloist at Symphony Hall. Oh, and I look forward to seeing you at your local beer parlor on Oom Papa night. Well, perhaps there's a roll or two left in my barrel. <laughs> Be careful, kids. Hey, Freddie, you wouldn't leave without saying goodbye, would you? Of course not. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this moment all day. <laughs> what a kidder. See you again, Freddie. Uh, thanks for the warning. Hey, wait a minute. I wrote a fantastic joke this oh, morning. I'd love to hear it, Max, but I'll miss my ambulance. And the only way to get another one is to shoot myself. <laughs> So I'll see you, huh? Shake. No, no, no. For real, Max. For real. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye, Mike. You take good care of yourself, okay? That goes double for you. I'll look for you on the hit parade. <laughs> Bye, Doctor. Bye-bye, Marina. Thanks for the help. You were wonderful. All aboard, Marina. Hey, send your postcard from Times Square. At night, with all the lights. I'd send you one from the Korean theater, but it's always the same old story. Well... Well, break a leg. If I do, can you recommend a good doctor? You can find MASH 4077 Podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching Facebook.com slash MASH 4077 Podcasts. Or just type in MASH 4077 Podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcast all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think you and I enjoyed this much more than the general audience, or at least mm. the IMDb crowd. I think it was a good start for season 10. It was, it just was fun. Yeah. And I love fun episodes, so. Cool. Well, I am Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing ya. Sure they seem quiet around here. The same kind of feeling I used to get when the circus left town. We certainly did have our three rings full. All they left us was the tents. Listen, be grateful. At least they took Freddy and his stupid jokes. Hey, what's with the lock? I can't get in. We barred the door, Katie. Take your act on the road. But seriously, I've given up comedy. I realize now my jokes are no laughing matter. No more jokes? No. You swear? Yeah. fans now as some of you know myself and kenny have our own individual podcasts and my podcast is called waffle on podcast and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world so if that's your cup of tea or martini then why don't you follow us over on itunes stitcher radio or of course from podbean you can find us at waffleon.podbean.com and we would be honored if you would join us Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. 
Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. This is episode 200... It's, oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead and email your answers to... The, oh my god, I almost said the Geek Roundtable. <clears throat> Too many podcasts.